and welcome back to the series premiere of season two, Baltimore County Forever. This is my 10th episode. I made it to 10 episodes doing a podcast. Now I'm talking about all on me. Me, Corey, County Trail. I ain't really explain the whole County Trail thing, but since we on the 10th episode, why the fuck not? I came up with the County Trail persona because it's like, I love Houston music. I love down south music. And Bumby and Pimp C especially is like one of my favorite rappers. And, you know, they use the term trill, which is a flip on the word real. So, um, that that's where it come from. You know, I'm from the county. So, you know, I thought it was a dope name and it stuck. I'm one of them people that I never had a nickname growing up. Like, to be honest, I have my aunt, shout out to Auntie Ann. She would just call me by my first and middle name, Corey Bryan. Corey Bryan. Like, I mean, I never was really in trouble. I wasn't like a trouble type kid around my family. So, I rarely got in trouble. But that's how she greets me to this day. And I'm 28. But, um, yeah, that's that's where you get County Trill from. And it's really dope. Like, you know. Um, But I made this intro because after listening to this episode... You know, I was tired and I said some stuff that, you know, was kind of incorrect. Like the whole, you'll hear it, the ghost face part. Um, it's really supreme clientele that the Shay Shay Lagos, however the fuck you pronounce it, that is on there um, with him and you, God. That, I made that mistake. Uh, um, I, made, I made another mistake, too. Um... Let's see. Let me see. Let me see. I got notes. I got a shitload of notes when I do this stuff. Um, It's actually Jizz's Liquid Swords. I had to go back and do the research. But I remember growing up it being a red tape. But that's what the that's what I got. Um, If I'm correct, please send me a text message or comment somewhere on some of my social media to let me know that I am wrong. Uh, King Metz. Is who's on Compton and Triumph. I was, I, I, I don't know. I guess I was tired. But let's focus on this. Shout out to the Woo, Reza, Jizza, ODB, Inspector Deck, You God, Method Man. Uh, uh, damn, did I forget anybody? Uh, Master Killer. Um, shout out to y'all. But I really want to say, you know, one of my favorite Woo members, it really wasn't like an official, like, Within the core Woo, but a Woo affiliate, Shaheen. Shaheen, dog. Like, the rugged child. Times is getting hard. Word is bond. I swear to God, I even got caught trying to steal from the junk, y'all. A boy terror. A rebel without a cause. I never had a good Christmas, so who is Santa Claus? Like, when that nigga spit that verse and he spit it in, next to Biggie and Tupac, like, you don't, you don't get no better than that, bruh. You know, he just had his birthday's actually today. By the time y'all get this, which will be Friday, it will be a couple of days past. But um, this week, actually, uh, ODB passed away. Um, not this year, but years back. Um, I believe 13 years ago. Um, so rest in peace to Big Baby Jesus, A Son, ODB, Old Dirty Bastard. Um, really, like, y- y'all hearing that episode. You know, but you know, thank y'all so much. I reached ten fucking episodes, my nigga. Off 
off Baltimore County shit. You feel me? And just a passion for hip hop. And I need y'all to understand. I'm still going to go like what I dropped down in these in this video. The first 716 in Baltimore. I'm still going to do. I'm still going to touch on sneakers as the as the uh, episodes go on. We'll definitely get to that. And wrestling. I can still incorporate wrestling in the hip hop. And I want to show niggas that I can still do that. So thank y'all so much. And here I present to you episode one of season two of the five barrels of hip hop. Staten Island, 36 Chambers, The Woo. Featuring my OG Aline. Thank y'all so much. I appreciate everything and every listen, every encouraging words, text message, all that shit, man. Hey, yo, shout out to my nigga Blake. And somebody tell that nigga, Drew, bring back Drew TV. Please bring back Drew TV. See y'all. Thank you. And welcome back to season two of Baltimore County Forever podcast. We are now entering literally the 36 chambers. This is the Staten Island episode. So at this point, we're just really going to discuss the wool. I have a special guest, one of my OGs. I learned a lot from this man. Um, for everything, starting from Airtran, six years of knowledge I've gained from this man. Um, you just go ahead and introduce yourself. What's up, what's up? This is Lean, a.k.a. Gun Show Leamy, which is an inside joke. <laughs> bang, bang, don't nobody know about that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm just here with my man, Corey. You know, we've been rocking six years strong. Grabbing bags, slinging tags for a long time, and uh, just very honored to be here with him on the podcast, and uh, just just talking about life. Yeah, man. So, with like, uh, like I said, we entered the thirty sixth chamber. So, like, what was your first first like connection with just hip hop in general? We'll start there. Um, wow. I'm taking it all the way back. Show my age. The first, my first connection with hip hop had to be back in 84 mm. with, I re, I'll never forget the first tape that my mother bought me was Curtis Blow, Kingdom Blow. Mm. Um, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what to expect. All I know is that Curtis Blow had made this song called Basketball. And my father grew up playing um, ball on the court with, with some Detroit legends. Um, shout out 313 Westside, Six Mile All Day. And um, so I just knew basketball. I grew up playing basketball. And I heard Curtis, I heard no, Curtis Blow made a song called Basketball, and he had a tape. And I asked my mother to buy me that tape. So my first connection to hip-hop was Curtis Blow, Kingdom Blow. Mm. Back in, man, that might have been 83, 84. Damn. Yeah, I'm I'm old, but so all right with like you know not to really throw the uh, episode off because we are still this is the Staten Island episode for the Woo, but um so like that that particular era going into the Woo era, how would you describe that? Like how would you? What was the transition in hip hop from that era to when RZA put started putting everybody on? Um. Hip hop has always been an evolutionary process, um, and it's been a reflection of 
our society as it has evolved. And like they say, art imitates life. The music has imitated life. So you have, because to take it back even further, like we, we tend to think that hip hop started with rap. And in all reality, hip hop started with the DJ in the 70s. That's why Cool Herc is such a cornerstone, if not the cornerstone of the culture. So hip hop has evolved from the DJ to the B-boys to the rappers. And um, it's just taken off from that from that aspect. So when if you're talking about lyrics, it's it's been evolutionary from the Curtis Blow huh, 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 to the 88, 90, um, you know, public enemy, um, talking about, you know, social awareness, um, even, you know, even to the, the 95, you know, 95, 96 Onyx, um, and they they came with a whole different style with the with the slam, you know, slam dancing, the the rock music. Um, you know, different artists have taken it in different ways. Gangsta rap. You know, when when NWA came out, that was a game changer. I remember that. Mm -hmm. That was crazy. Um, and then of course that changed down south, Texas, when uh, the Ghetto Boys came out. Yeah, game face. Shout out to Face. Yeah, Face. You know, I remember seeing Bushwick Bill on the cover of that album with his eye yeah. hanging out. They said that's the real picture. That's the real picture. That's wow. Yep, bro. that's crazy. I remember that story. And so it's it's just been evolutionary. Everybody changes the game somehow. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? No matter if, if you're and you like I never forget when Drake came out. Mm -hmm. People were saying, Oh, oh, Drake, Drake is gonna change the change the game. And when I heard him rap, I'm like, eh. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? He didn't really do it for me, me personally. Mm -hmm. But he is he is evolutionary. You know what I'm saying? Because uh Drake, Lil Wayne, I think I think Lil Wayne might have changed rap more than Drake. Okay. And he doesn't get enough credit for it. Okay. You know, but everybody in every era. Every era, every year, somebody does something to change the music. No matter if it was, um, what, uh, Africa Bambata in 77, or Curtis Blow in 83, or LL Cool J in 88 mm -hmm. with I Need Love. That was a game changer. Because yeah. it was one of the first times where cats went from being ready to swing to my man saying, I need love. And they was like, oh, what, what? The mm -hmm. girls like it? Oh, cool. Let me throw on this troop outfit. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was okay to be yeah. in love. Yep. It was okay to be not so... It seemed like every record at that time was like, not so much as like you hard on a joint, but mm -hmm. you it's okay to say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to love her. Yeah. I'm trying to be with her. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to serenade her because that's pretty much what he did. And with that, with that alone, it's like... It, it trans it, it transitioned to artists to have more R and B records mm -hmm. for for the rapper to 
not the da 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 da, but slow it down, have a different tempo. The mm-hmm. flow is different. It changed everything. Yep, yep. So like that, but now, not to get off subject, but I feel like now they're taking it too far with harmonizing. I feel like nowadays, especially with Baltimore rappers, I feel like they always. Not I'm not going to limit it to Baltimore rappers, but you know, like uh, Scola. I I love Scola's music. However. On the only hope too, my only issue is everything is like a sing along mm-hmm. versus I know you can rap. Give me them bars. Mm-hmm. I, I I know you can rap. Just mm-hmm. give me those bars. I do feel like he should get a better in house producer because it's the consistent same sound. I know what you're known for, but at the same time, you can step outside that box. Yeah. Because I heard him on it's a kid from Detroit. Oh man, it's Juno. He bodied that. Young Juno, I think that's his name, but he bodied that. And it, it, it was a different flow, a different cadence. Everything I got was different from Scola. Mm-hmm. But um but like even like, you know, the the uh the Uzi Verts. I like Uzi Vert. Mm-hmm. I he it grew it grew on me. But um I don't feel like everybody should harmonize. I don't feel like you need to have a fifteen song album. And nine of those songs, you're harmonizing. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the point of having a, a R&B person within your camp. A Boogie with the hoodie. Mm-hmm. Don Q. Yep. Don Q rap, A Boogie sing. And I think that, that has... Uh, you know who I think changed the game with, with the singing? I think three people did it and don't get enough credit for well, it. Go ahead and say my man. Ja Rule. Thank you. Ja Rule. And even though people, like, basically 50 Cent ran Ja Rule out of rap. To take his space. To take his spot. To do the exact same thing that he was clowning him for. Mm-hmm. And you know who else I can say added to it? T-Pain. Yes. And aside from, I mean, 50 Cent get credit for clowning Ja Rule because it was funny. Ha, 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 ha. Mm-hmm. But musically, on the music aspect... Ja Rule changed the game. Mm-hmm. And 50 Cent was like, I mean, hell, if you think about who 50 Cent is, not to say, yep, I'm going to say it. I'm, I'm going to come out and stand on my balls and say it. He's a copycat. Mm-hmm. If you look at his name, 50 Cent, 50 Cent was a gangster mm-hmm. from the 80s in New York. Mm-hmm. So basically, he took his eye, he took this person's persona. As being some tough guy, not not to say I mean because the story you know I hear the, I've heard the stories of Fifty Cent being in the street. He did his thing. Okay, cool. That's that. But to say this man, this guy, this Fifty Cent, this dangerous dude. Now I'm gonna call myself Fifty Cent. You you copy that? Oh, I'm gonna make fun of Ja Rule for singing, but you singing. You got mm-hmm. the magic stick. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what Ja Rule did. Yeah. And T Pain was like, all right, I'm gonna do my thing over here, but now is. You know, hip hop is evolutionary, and so now you got the singers, like you say, you got people harmonizing, and that's not really. Uh, I won't say it's not rap, but it's it's a different kind of rap. Mm-hmm. But they're overusing it. Yes, it's yeah. getting to the point that every record that's on the radio, that you you're singing the bars versus giving me the feel that I can. I feel your bars mm-hmm. versus like, like, woo. When um, 
when Ghost say, I slap box with Jesus, lick shots at Joseph, you felt that. Yeah. You you visually looked up in the air and was like, damn, this nigga might really do this. Like, mm-hmm. it's just like the care is different. The art form, I understand it's evolving, but this, you still have to have the... You still have to have the groundwork that was laid still be there. The pavement still has to be there for you to walk. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's like one of those things like they they got to get back to it. I don't think they will. No. Uh, it the, On a mainstream the level, mainstream, as long yeah. as we push artists like J. Cole and Kendrick, not yeah. to, I know it's really redundant to keep on using them. Yeah. So, all right, I won't use them. Let's say uh, Rhapsody. Let's take Rhapsody. We it's it's room to have a Rhapsody and it's a room to have a Nikki and they exist in the same era. Mm-hmm. Now, if we take the time, not us because we're on stuff like this. If right. we take the time to actually to actually um, watch over the Rhapsody and listen to the bars, we'll be able to push her to the Nikki level. Yep. But we'll never get that if. It's never, it's never brought to the forefront. And and part of that is we don't control the narrative. Mm-hmm. You know, like I remember, I remember reading Right On magazine. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was, you know, they would talk about Joe C and then they would talk about rap. You know, but then when uh, the source came out, mm-hmm. when when the source, because you know I grew up overseas. All right, so. You know, it was. I remember hearing about the source being a newsletter. Mm-hmm. Um, but by the time it got to me, it was a full blown magazine. So it was, and that used to be the Bible. Mm-hmm. Once the source came out, that was the Bible. Mm-hmm. And unless the source talked about it, or if the source talked about it, you were all in. Mm-hmm. You know, five mics, you know, three, three, it, it could have been a three song album. That could have been horrible mm-hmm. to you musically, but the source gave it five mics, so you were going to pay for it. Mm-hmm. You know, and so um, with with that, we controlled the narrative. We we as in you know people in the coach people like Elliot Wilson, mm-hmm. Angie Martinez, um, you know people who we consider old school now, but. Bobito and Stretch. Mm-hmm. You know, have you seen their documentary on Netflix? I only seen half of it. Man, you know they they did so much, but it was us con- us controlling the narrative. Mm-hmm. Nowadays we don't control the narrative. Mm-hmm. You know, and part of that is just the evolution of society, because it it used to be a point where um, if you bought an album, mm-hmm. if you if you had if you like Busta Rhymes, right? I bought Busta Rhymes. I remember his first album. He was one of my favorite rappers. Boom, I bought it. It was, you know, it was dope. Um, his second album, and eh, it was alright, but you bought it off the strength of who it was. Exactly. You know, and you didn't buy one song. You you didn't buy Woo Ha. You bought all what 15, 16 tracks. Mm-hmm. You know, but nowadays with YouTube and with, you know, the different media platforms, you can put out just one song and only have one song so we don't control that narrative because there's so many platforms that people can can speak on so many different lanes um and so we don't so a lot of people would never hear about 
Rhapsody. Because for the most part, who who are we talking about now? We're talking about Cardi B. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And her song is there. It might not it it might not necessarily be my my type of flavor. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, the song is alright. I mean, you know, it's not really for my ears, but that's all you hear. You know, it's it's on commercials. It's played at timeouts in NBA games. Um, you you'll never hear Rhapsody played. Rap Rhapsody will never. I won't say never, but as it stands right now, somebody like Rhapsody will will not perform at NBA halftime. Cardi B will, but Rhapsody won't. Um, it the only I think at this point the two places that she will perform is at a Nets game in Brooklyn and a Hornets game in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And that's because of Rock Nation in Brooklyn. And her her home state of North Carolina. Yeah, but um, not all right. So not to be sidetracked because we we want to stay in the thirty six chambers. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. so tell me, okay, because this is pretty much your era. So tell me, what was it like the first time you heard the Woo for the first time mm-hmm. and Cream? Man, I never. Wow, I remember that day. Um, once again, being overseas. We used to kind of get things kind of late, um, and in my high school, shout out to anybody who went to Hanau High School right on Panthers, <laughs> but they used to be um, a video jukebox, mm-hmm. and we were in there one day. I think I was about fifteen, and I just remember that first, mm. and because everybody was because they would turn they would unplug it during school hours and plug it in after school, so it was after school. Folks were waiting on the bus, and we were all in the lunchroom, piled up. And I think I think the older cats, I was in 10th grade. So the older cats, you know, they had control of the lunchroom. I think they had been playing it over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And so I remember they was, like, kind of kind of wrestling over the video jukebox. Oh, oh, oh play. No, 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 play that, play that. So I'm like, you know, what they going crazy for? And when I saw the video... And you see Method Man in that first scene, and you hear that you hear that organ, and then it just dropped. I grew up on the crime side, the New York. I'm like, who who is this? Like, who are these guys? And then from there, because like people who kind of catch your eye, you want to know like like what are they doing different? And Wu Tang came out and was automatically different because it was like a hundred of them. Yeah, <laughs> Lord have mercy. Uh, you know, Lord I'm seeing this mercy. video, and I'm like, yo, who are these guys? And then um, the beat was different. It, it was kind of, it was very slowed down, very, you know, it was very melodic. But what they were saying was real. And then I remember that made me want to go find, remember when, when CDs came out and the, and the jackets were like, Two feet long. Yes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I remember going to the store and I'm looking at this album and the thing that caught me was the fact that it was dark. They all had on masks. It was a big ass W. And so, you know, like like hip hop has always been about different. Um, uh, uh, let's see, what's the word I'm looking for? Like different um, catchy things. Okay. You know what I'm saying? What's like, new? Yeah. So like with with the 
like Nas when he was a mafioso, you know, mm-hmm. Nas Escobar. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you had Wu Tang, and it was all about the kung fu, you know, in the in the 36 Chamber, which, you know, yeah, you might have grown up watching kung fu movies, but it wasn't a thing. So when they came back and they were like, "Yo, we in the 36 Chambers," I ain't gonna lie, that made me want to go get the Gordon Liu movie, which I think, check this out, bro, this is gonna blow your mind. You know what I'm saying? Bruh. Uh, he actually has it. And it says, Wu-Tang Collection. Beware of the ghost-faced killer. You know what I'm saying? Killer. You know what I'm saying? If y'all don't know these, oh, I'm, I'm, pulling out, I'm pulling out VHS, VCR tapes. Oh, you know? man. So, when, when, when I, I have this on Snap and IG just for y'all, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I said, I'm old school. But, uh, oh, wait a minute, I got one more, one more. Wu-Tang Master. Oh, my God. There you go. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's it. Uh, yeah, that's it. So, you know, hearing the 36 Chamber made you want to go look up what, well, what was the 35 Chambers. You know what I'm saying? And then you learn what the 36 Chamber was, mm-hmm. which was very helpful once once you once you took it there because now you understood what Rizzo was trying to do. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because like this one right here, this this guy, Gordon Lou, he's the one who came up with the thirty sixth chamber. Because he he struggled to get into um the Shaolin Temple. Right? So when he finally got in there he worked harder than anybody else. Mm-hmm. And he excelled, so he went to his 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 shifu, his his teacher, and he said, "I want to make a thirty six chamber." And they were like, "It doesn't exist." He was like, "Well, I can I can make it exist." It was like, mm, "I don't know," but he did, and that's what RZA did, because RZA came out and like what they did with their album sales, like everybody going solo, Method Man. ODB. Oh yeah, we gotta you get know, to that. The purple oh tape, man, Ghostface. Did you have the purple tape? I had the purple tape. You had the red one too, right? I didn't get the red one. Ah, see, a lot of people don't even realize that the red one was Method Man, right? Uh, no. Who who was the red tape? I want to say the red tape was Daytona, Ghostface. Five hundred? I think so. I don't quote me on that. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm probably wrong, but um, blame the rum. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm a pirate. I'm a rum runner. Another inside joke. But once you like, you know, I kind of, I kind of took it as understanding what RZA was doing because you know he's the architect of it all. So after I learned that, it was like, okay, cool. Now I understand the woo a little better. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I want to say Method Man had the red tape, man. I'm trying to. I think that that might have been the time. That might have been around the time that I had stopped buying tapes and started buying CDs. So I remember to Cal, I bought that on CD. What was was Method Man's first album? That was to Cal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I wasn't somebody okay. Y'all know sometimes just like the drink champs, it's eleven eleven right now. Y'all make a wish out there. But 
Um, you know, with the Drink Champs, Drink Champs always has the drunken facts. And I'm pretty sure someone had the red tape. Yeah. And it wasn't Red Man. Shout out to Red Man because a lot of people don't really know he is the extra member of the Wu. He is a part of the Wu-Tang Clan. No different than Method Man or Inspector Deck. Yep. So, you know. Yep. But, um, so like, when you heard... M-E-T-H-O-D. Mm-hmm. So, like, what what was it? What is it like? Were you in Detroit at the time? No, I think uh, I might have been moving from Germany to Japan. Okay. So, that was like 95, 96. So, yeah, I was, I was moving. So, hip-hop out there is appreciated a lot more than we appreciated here. Mm-hmm. So, what was that like being out there and receiving the hip-hop? Out there, like, how were you getting it? Because it was on internet and stuff back there. So, well, like, well, the internet in '95, it was it was still called the Information Superhighway. Jesus. <laughs> so it wasn't even it it wasn't even a, a concept. It was something that it was far fetched. Mm-hmm. Um, but being in the military in a military environment, we we still had that sense of home. So we would get things like I say, we would get magazines they would come through on the you know fly them on the plane every week uh-huh you know what i'm saying we getting right on magazine we getting the source we getting uh word up magazine mm. um so i was you know so you were able to keep up also like in my case um what my grandmother used to do was she would um turn on her vcr and just record tv all day mm. because at the time there was one american station overseas one and whatever they played, they played. And they, of course, it was a military environment, so you had to keep a gym. But my grandmother would record TV all day. And she would record the box. Oh, the music box. The music box. Oh, okay. music box. So I was kind of, so we kept up with the trends because we would see what was in the magazines. And also, like, I would spend my summers in Detroit. Mm-hmm. So I would go back home. And see what was what, and then so I was going back, saying, "Hey, hey, I got, I got this Wu Tang." You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Well, well, well who, who is Wu Tang? Check it out. So in Detroit, they didn't know who Wu Tang was. In Detroit, they knew. No, I'm just saying what I what I took from Detroit, what I took from the states. Uh huh. People would take it back overseas. Oh, okay, okay. And so when school started, everybody would have new stuff. Mm-hmm. So like, um, Martin, you know, I was getting all the new episodes of Martin because my grandmother was recording it all day. Oh. I was getting the new videos because my grandmother was recording it all day. Okay. So that's so a lot of a lot of music, a lot of things we we were able to keep up with the culture as Americans. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to um, when it comes to black music in foreign lands, they definitely appreciate it more. That's why people like Thelonious Monk. Were mm-hmm. able to um, thrive overseas. Okay, you know because as a you, Miles Davis, mm-hmm. one of the one of the greatest musicians of all time. Fuck Bach, fuck Beethoven. You know what I'm saying? People talk about musical giants, and they talk about you know this classical shit, but people totally don't realize that people that a person like Miles Davis should be considered. Should be in that category with the box and the Beethovens and the, and the Tchaikovsky's, mm-hmm. but 
in the United States, it was still, oh, I don't care who you are. You still got to go in through the back door. Mm-hmm. One of the, one of the, um, I got a picture of it. Miles Davis is standing there at the police station with his head cracked open mm. because uh, following one of his shows that he was headlining, he escort, he was taking a woman out, he was walking her out to her car, and he's standing outside smoking a cigarette, and a white police officer, they exchanged words, cracked him in the head, and arrested him. I, I feel like Miles Davis had a movie that came out recently, yeah, right? Okay, yep. I remember seeing that scene. Yep, same, yep. And so, in this country, the mainstream society, finger quotes, has never appreciated anything fully. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking about being in Germany and France and England and Japan, you know, we, we see these people go hard for the culture. And we're kind of like, we're into it, but they're really into it mm-hmm. because they appreciate it more. You know what I'm saying? They appreciate our culture more than we do. Like I was listening to um, a po- uh, not podcast, um, XM Radio, and it was Jamie Foxx interviewing Teddy Riley. Mm. And Teddy Riley was saying that in 2017, he's performing in Africa, and they're treating him like his music just came out. Teddy Riley been making music for almost as long as I've been alive, Mm -hmm. if not longer. And, you know, of course, he's a game changer with New Jack Swing Mm -hmm. and even in the R&B scene with Blackstreet. But he's saying, you know, he's like, man, we get so much love over there because they appreciate the music. Mm Mm-hmm. So, Japanese, I never, oh, crazy story, I never forget this. This is when um, Bone Thugs and Harmony first came out, mm-hmm. first of the month. I had just moved to Japan, um, August of 95, and we had taken a trip down to, I lived in northern Japan, so we took a trip down to Tokyo, and we were at this big water park, and these Japanese people, they had one of those lazy rivers, mm-hmm. they kept wanting to come around us. And hang with us. We didn't speak Japanese. They didn't speak English. But we were just just jabbering at each other. And somebody kept playing first of the month. This Japanese dude had a jerry curl. What? Craziest thing I ever seen in my life. And just and you know me, I'm coming from Germany, which in the, in the throngs of history was still kind of a I won't say new society, but the country got destroyed mm-hmm. and, the Ameri- and the Americans rebuilt it. So it was kind of like America Junior. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but, you know, it's coming from that. And I had spent the summer in Detroit. And then I moved to Japan, which is totally crazy. I mean, it's like a complete 180. And all of a sudden, I see this Japanese dude with a jerry curl. <laughs> and he keeps, and, and his own Japanese accent, he's saying first of the month. And I'm like, I'm confused as hell. <laughs> but that's how far our culture reaches. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And to bring it back to the Wu, that's the one thing that I love about what the Wu-Tang is, has done. Because they're still doing it. Mm-hmm. They that, just dropped the album about which two weeks ago. It's motherfucking fire. Oh, okay. Yeah, Woo! we'll get to that. We'll get yeah. to that. We'll definitely get to that. But, you know, they, they, they brought it all full circle. And they appreciate, you know, it, people learn to appreciate different things because of the Wu-Tang. Okay, two things. Um... We're going to jump back to the Teddy Riley uh, part mm-hmm. and still bring it. It all goes together. When you say he, he said he's performing in Africa and they appreciate it. I look at stuff like that now 
Big Daddy Kane was uh, talking, I want to say serious, right? He was talking to someone, mm-hmm. and he was saying how he's considered an old-school artist mm-hmm. versus in rock or stuff like that. They're just the artists, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that has a lot to do with black people. Yeah. And how sometimes the attention span is shitty. Mm-hmm. Real short. So, like, it's like one of them things like what have you done for me lately type things. Mm-hmm. If you're not consistently putting out records, you're put to the put to the side yep. as to being this person. So no matter what you did, it, your history don't matter to some people. Yep. And that's why other countries appreciate hip hop more because you get into situations and your music that you put out in ninety five, whether it's a classic or not, if you're not out currently you're not, if you're not out currently in these big arenas, then you don't count. Mm-hmm. That's why people like Method Man and RZA and... Well, not RZA. Well, Method Man, Raekwon, and Ghostface get kind of put to the side. Mm-hmm. But out of the woo, Raekwon... Raekwon is kind of like, in a sense, a one-man lots. And I'm saying that because... It's like the lots are never forgotten mm-hmm. ever in hip hop. Mm-hmm. Currently, they still spawn with the best of these rappers that they have right now. And that's the same thing with Raekwon. But some people be forgetting about Method Man. Mm-hmm. Some people forget about Ghostface. Although, Ghostface is a rack of people that I know favorite rappers. I love Ghostface. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like they're not appreciated right now. But what do you think about at this point, like. So we had the Woo. So that that first album, we had Bring the Ruckus on there. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually shot out Morgan State on that joint. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's really dope. Oh, he niggas said, in Morgan Morgan State. Yeah. Like, and you know, like, even going back and listening to that now, it's like, them niggas really was down here. Like, yeah. these niggas was really... And that goes back to the conversation we was having earlier about TV shows that actually broadcast kids going to college, to college. and witnessing yes. these experiences yes like it's like i mean it's it's kind of a, a regret of mine but it's never too late mm-hmm. but i kind of i knew at the time of my life that i didn't want to waste my father's money right. so that's why i didn't i didn't like follow through with school because i didn't know what i wanted to do yeah yeah so but like the woo i i didn't appreciate the woo until i was young my sister put me on to the woo um, you, yeah, yeah, you'll get your show. You'll get your episode, <laughs> I promise. But because of you, I always go down to Soundgarden. Yeah. And that's where I found, uh, yeah. just like this uh, Scarface, I found this, um, this Ghostface, what album was that? Uh, oh, man, Iron Man. Okay. It's a collector's edition. Yeah. Beautiful. Came mm-hmm. with a wooden box case. Came with the the booklet that has the lyrics and a whole bunch of other stuff. Came with this gold CD. Okay. It, it was it was great. I seen it. I had to get it from because she put me onto the woo, and I appreciate Ghostface. That's the, my real. I listened to Ghostface first and then I went back. Okay. So like my first real introduction to the woo will be ODB and all that. But my first like album was uh. With the Iron Man joint was the Che Che, what was it? Oh, Shay 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 or something like um, that. Um, Shay Shay Sir Lego. I know yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, Tommy so, Matola. Yeah, like when I heard that, yeah. it's like it caught my eye. No, 
Uh, what do you say? No. Sure say Lagos. That's what it is. That's okay. what it is. Yep. No girl can freak me. I'm just too nasty. <laughs> yeah. So like those bars and then you got coming on, which is a really forgotten part. Dude. Him and Inspector Deck and Jizza are really forgotten parts, especially Jizza. And people don't know Jizza was the first one to have that label from I mean to have the, the recognition. Uh-huh. You feel me? Just being the genius. And then it was Rizza. Cause uh, my, it's not. Uh, let me see. Yeah, yeah. Because people really didn't know who, like, you knew who RZA was. But yeah, cause cause G, cause Jizza came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I give yeah. Cause yeah. I, my brother's a DJ. Okay. Um, I'm gonna have him on later in the uh in the shows. But I remember being at my brother's name is Rakeem. Okay. Ironically, that is RZA's first, first name. Yep. And he had a a record. With his name on it, that was his first record. And then I also also read that the original, in quotations, the original woo in a sense was Jizza, ODB, and RZA. Yep. And they had a group together, and then they branched out. Um, but it's like when you have people like that, they're not appreciated, and yeah. people kind of like put them to the side. So like, it's like that's why you have, that's why you have people like. Nori doing drink champs, mm-hmm. and I always shout out Nori because I wouldn't have probably even went along. I wouldn't even know what a podcast was. Speaking of drink champs, gotta take a drink. I'm still working on this shot. <laughs> I gotta work in the morning. That's mm-hmm. why I'm kind of like you know. But you know when you have people like the Jizza and Ghostface and and Inspector Deck, it's like you you they have to be appreciated more. So we have an alternative to what we listen to now. Versus having the same cadence, the same flows, and the same story. One one is barely hip-hop storytelling anymore. Mm-hmm. And they they gave a little bit of that. They gave all of that. Especially yeah. Purple Tape. And I, like, I went back and listened to Only Built for Cuban Lane. It's great music. It's mm-hmm. great. Timeless music. And it's timeless for a reason. Because at any point in time, you can pop that in and you can take it, you still take it there. Yep. You feel me? Like, yep. so... Like with you had stuff like that, but what do you think of their solo albums? Like, I think it was deep because just like you, my my introduction to the Wu was, I remember, I remember watching the video, and and seeing them as a whole. Mm-hmm. But the first CD that I bought was to Cal. Okay, so that's why Method Man will always be one of my favorites because that was my that was my introduction. Um, and I thought, you know, basically they set the precedent because, you know, just like, um, you know, people don't give credit where credit is due, but you knew who Wu-Tang was as a group. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you saw Method Man, then you saw Raekwon, then you saw, um, Ghostface Killer. And then you you know you saw ODB you see all these solo albums mm-hmm. which gave rise to rappers being a headliner like Nelly mm-hmm. and the and the Saint Lunatics mm-hmm. Nelly came out he popped off and went and then, back and got him and went back and then you had the Tracy Lee mm-hmm. or Tracy Lee Tracy Murphy Lee Murphy, Murphy Lee you know and then and then you had other people coming out like Ti did it. With Young Dro, yeah, you know what I'm saying, and it just and the whole Pimp Squad, clip. and Pimp Squad clip, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, um, those I think people who follow, 
who Eminem too. Eminem, D12, yep, D12, yeah. 50 Cent did it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I think it's just that's that's one of the reasons why the Wu Tang is is one of the best groups um, because their acts are timeless. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Whereas Nelly came out, he had his people come out, but then they filtered out. They, mm -hmm. they you know what I'm saying? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. You know, same thing with you know which when it comes to Fifty Cent. I think Lloyd Banks completely underrated. Yeah. As a lyricist, oh, yeah. as a rapper. You know what I'm saying? But they didn't, you know what I'm saying? 50 Cent still going. Mm -hmm. But Young Buck, um, Yayo. Yayo, they just filtered out. Mm -hmm. But when you think about Wu Tang, Method Man, that, have you seen the video? They latest video? Um, I, Is that the one with Red Man? Yeah, yes. I, I've seen clips of it on um on the on I mean, like IG and stuff. And them cats are still going strong. Yeah, they are timeless. I really want Red Man to cut his hair though. Yeah, uh, really, like, I really want that nigga <laughs> to cut his hair, please. But you know that's the one thing about the Wu is they came out as a group and their solo albums went just they were phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Hit after hit, hit after hit, classic. Yes, classic, bona fide classics. And you can tell they're classics because what they did, quote unquote, yesterday, mm -hmm. they're still doing today, mm -hmm. and it's still relevant. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. If if Murphy Lee and Nelly dropped the album right now, you'd be like, who? You you'd fling that shit out the sunroof of your car. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying. But like I said, that new video they got, fire. You know what I'm saying. The the if Method Man, Method Man's album. And you know I'm I'm the world moves so fast because um I was with my cousin a couple weeks ago and we were listening to something um uh what's the name hold on I'm, I'm, I'm gonna find the name of it it was a it was a Method Man album and it was going hard um hold on I think his name. latest solo joint well, I think it's called Meth Lab. Uh, I didn't get to listen to it though. I think that was it. It might have been the one before that. Let's see. Yep, the Meth Lab. Um, the song was uh, t -t 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 Bang Zoom. Mm -hmm. My cousin is playing it, and we we riding, and we both just nodding. You know what I'm saying? And that's how you know something good when when you riding with your homie, and y'all not saying nothing. Uh huh. So he got the aux cord or the Bluetooth hooked up or whatever, and y'all just vibing out. So we so we listening to this song, and I'm like, yo, that goes hard. So I looked it up, and the album came out in 2015. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's just, it's a reflection of how fast the world moves. Yeah. The fact that Method Man is still dropping albums, and it's kind of a, like, you don't hear about I didn't even know that that came out. Yeah. And, that, and I think a lot of that comes with the record labels not pushing the records. Mm -hmm. Or the fact that people don't want to be on majors anymore because mm -hmm. they're tired of getting fucked with the publishing and all that type of stuff. So they go to uh, Empire mm -hmm. so they can just get the distribution. Or, which I talked about it on one of my episodes before, what Rock Nation's doing, or what Jay's doing with Rock Nation is so good because he's putting the power back into these artists that he, that he like, kind of came in a game with or was around the same era mm -hmm. and understands and appreciates that this hip-hop still needs to be valued mm -hmm. and it's not it's not being appreciated appreciated like 
like um with Nori was talking about somebody had sampled um somebody had freestyle over band from TV and didn't know who the fuck he was and he bumped into him in MTV. Mm-hmm. And Nori said he heard that freestyle that day. Mm-hmm. So it's like how do you not know who Nori is? Mm-hmm. How do you not know uh, how do you know how do you not know who you're sampling, who beat you freestyling over? Excuse me. It's kind of sad like you know, so like to for people like that, like the Wu, any member, to have them. I talked about it on my very first episode. ASAP, ASAP Nats has a song with Method Man. It's called mm-hmm. Traumatic. When you get a chance to listen to it, and this kid understood who he was rapping with. Mm-hmm. He understood that I can't come with these trash bars. Not to say ASAP. ASAP Mob or anybody in ASAP Mob is trash. ASAP Ant is okay, but you know, no matter what, he's still within a group and he can hold his own within a group. Not yeah. really my cup of tea. I prefer Nats and Ferg over anybody in ASAP. You're twelvey. I fucks with twelvey. Yes. Was it twelve? Yeah, twelvey album's good as shit. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I man. didn't know you listened to 12. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. man. I'm I'm with 12. 12. Yeah. 12 yes. is a, really, a hidden gem within yes. that group. Yes. And to bring it back to the... They are a Dipset, Wu-Tang, Bone Thugs, and Harmony merger. Mm-hmm. Now, I want them to get mm-hmm. back to that Bone Thugs flow because Rocky kind of got away from it. I guess because of the comparison. We might have been killing them, but whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But the Wu, the Wu is just... <laughs> Amazing, yeah. like, and I didn't really know that until like later on. So, like, what about uh, Triumphant? Is that wasn't Triumphant? Uh, you mean the tr- that that one track Triumph? Yeah. Um, where we like describe that? Like, describe describe that describe that years that that ninety seven. It was ninety seven. So ninety seven. Describe ninety seven year when that came out. That video. Oh, uh, all of that. That video. Well, the video had was. It was a life of its own, um, but that was '97, so that was a, a pivotal moment in my life because that was the year I was graduating from high school. Okay. So, in my mind, you know, what I'm saying I'm like, all right, I'm about to get out here in the quote unquote real world. Mm-hmm. You know, I was on my way to college, um, and my man Kevin Sutton, shout out to Kevin Sutton, tech sergeant serving in this country doing his thing, um, one of the biggest Wu Tang fans ever mm-hmm. right and it tripped me out because me and him got cool um because uh he came the same year i got to japan which was a junior year of high school and he could ball mm-hmm. and it was like yo who's this who's this white dude shooting shooting threes he had a funny shooting style but he was knocking him down my mm-hmm. man hoop. um big wu-tang fan loves the Wu, and so i remember in 97 um Oh, do I have it? I think I still got the. Uh, um, I still. I'm gonna see if I can find it. But in in '97, hanging out with him. Um, well, I'm taking pause for the call. I think I still got the CD. Let me see. Is that uh Nori Melvin Flint? Yes, sir. Jesus Christ. Yes, sir. Let me see. Uh, yep, there's that one. Oh, man. Shout out, um, Shout out to Nori, man. I really think you gave me these ideas, baby. Uh, you know what? Um, damn, I used to have it. 
Anyway, so I used to have the original when it came in the two CD sleeve jacket. Okay. And he put me on to it. So when that song came out, it was it was excuse me. It was a game changer because we had been waiting on the whole Wu Tang album. Uh-huh. You know, and people have been talking about it. You have been hearing it in the radios. I mean on the in the radio stations, reading it in the magazines, you know, word of mouth. And it wasn't like Dr. Dre, which I'm still disappointed that Detox has not and will not come out. Yeah. Because Did you like the Compton album though? Eh. Somebody yeah. named King something on there was it, it was killing right. it. It was alright. It was just the fact that after two thousand and one Oh yeah. He Dre set us up. Yeah. Because everybody was like, yo, that's hot. And he was like, Detox is coming. Detox is everybody word, word. And it never came. Mm -hmm. So uh, you know, in ninety seven or in ninety five, Wu Tang came out. No, no, I'm sorry. Ninety three. Ninety three. Um and then in ninety what ninety four is when Method Man dropped. Mm hmm You know, and then you still had I think the Jizza came out first. Yes. So you had these solo albums, and then you kept hearing that another Wu-Tang album was coming. And the fact that everybody was in different directions, because I remember seeing, you know, I I, I had the Jizza album. I had the, the Method Man album. Um, I remember picking up the uh, Ghostface, but I, I put it back down. I didn't get it for some reason. Um, you almost didn't think they were going to come back together. Mm -hmm. But when it came out, that song, Triumph, mm -hmm. whew, it blew the ears off of almost everybody that heard it. And the video, because the video was so much, it was so much going on. And, you know, you had been hearing stories about ODB and how crazy he was. Yeah, we'll get to that, oh, boy. Man. We got time for O. But, but oh, day big baby Jesus, big baby Jesus. Oh my you know, God! But you heard, y'all thought y'all wasn't gonna see me. Mm -hmm. I'm the Osiris of this mm -hmm. shit. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, wow. And then they they came back, and I, I I'd almost venture to say, um, you guys dropped the hardest verse on that song. Uh no, that's personally it's not debatable for me. Yeah, because I feel like that was probably. I want to say it was that. No disrespect to the Wu. I'm not even going to disrespect the Wu. Gravel Pit was just Gravel Pit. Yeah. And that's all I'm going to say. You know, because the Wu is connected. So, but Gravel Pit was Gravel Pit. But he had a hard verse on Gravel Pit, too. Mm -hmm. So, it's like, you know, that that's not... I, I can't debate you on that. Yeah. You, now... You got... You got... Yeah. I remember that when Rockefeller had broke up. Mm -hmm. And Dane was doing the Dane Dash. They had did a remake of that. Have you ever heard that? Mm. It's a remake, and uh, it's I want to say Raekwon's on it. Nori, Nature. Oh wow. Uh, Young Chris. Wow. Okay. And I want to say Joe Buttons because that was like I remember Young Chris versus Young Chris say um he say something like um dang. Thank you. Oh man, I can't think with the verse that Chris said, but he said something real crazy. You see me? I remember part of the verse. He said, "Um, I flow the meanest, though I keep something right by the penis." 
thug in our house and club, they all bring this. Know the consequences of niggas getting my space hot. I don't know too many niggas surviving a face shot. Stay up out my lane. Stay up out my name. A take while I spray about my thing. Any nigga that feel this way about my game falling to it. Guarantee my North niggas lose it. But he said he, he just was going on. But I felt like it wasn't. It was needed. And it was kind of weird to hear other people on that. And mm -hmm. consider it a remake. But it was just like. It, it was. I don't know how to put it. Like I didn't know how to feel about it. But I wasn't mad. Because. As you know, I'm a huge Rockefeller fan. So right. it's like, I don't, it don't matter. Whatever the fuck they wanted to do. So I floated me and Starkey, something like about a penis. Yeah, in a house and club there or arenas. Yeah, so, and I want to say Joe Bunn started it off. And that was when they was trying to figure out who was going with who mm -hmm. and who was getting this and who was doing that. But they had did a remake of it and it was, it was clutch. But let's talk about ODB. Yeah. I don't feel like ODB gets enough credit for rapping versus the gimmicks. I don't think people understand how how much Brooklyn Zoo should be valued in hip hop. Oh, without a doubt. Just without the intro. I, what you gonna do? I I bust that nigga in the head. You well, feel me like actually it even it goes back it goes back further than the song. Mm -hmm. It's the album cover. Yeah. It's yeah. The, it's the fact that my man, you know, like when he took that limo with during the MTV oh, with the food stamps <laughs> to get the food stamps, <laughs> folks were like, "How? Oh my God!" It was almost like a, it was like a sideshow, but that also showed that just because these people were famous, mm -hmm. you still had to live your day to day. Yeah, you were still in 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 a situation where you might not be eating, but the Leor Cohen and the Russell Simmons and the and the um. Who's the guy that ran Priority Records? Brian something. Um, I can't think of his name. Um, I, Ice Cube, you know, talk. I know mm -hmm. nerdy shit like this. You know, you read the liner notes. Mm -hmm. um, and that's another thing that's not appreciated in hip-hop. People aren't. That's how I figure out samples. Yes. That's how I figure it out who wrote certain things. You, you don't see the Nori, you know, I just opened up the, the Melvin Flint case and it's a picture of Nori's pops. You know, and, and and it's a picture on the front of the of the projects he grew up in. You don't see that anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, I went and bought four four four. By the way, I oh, bought the, the actual album. Okay, see see how old this is. The pages. Yeah, you, if y'all can hear the him turning the. Yeah, I've had this a long time. They you they know. had the merchandise in the bag. What albums was coming? Yes. like that's. I you keep know. on telling y'all, man. I'm from the Rockefeller era. That you flip to the back of an album. Excuse me, and you have, you have them have a number, a hotline number for you to call, mm -hmm. or they have the number that same number you can order shirts, yep. Rockefeller T-shirts, Rockefeller yep. hoodies, and then on the next page it lists who was coming next for the rest of the year. They don't make stuff like that no more, man. Like, and you know, I was thinking about this, um, you know, because like what ODB did, because a lot of times. I mean, like I say, I remember going to pick up, seeing that, seeing the Wu-Tang, the first time I saw Cream. That was mm -hmm. my introduction to the Wu. And then that made me want to go look up and see who these guys were. I remember picking up that CD jacket mm -hmm. and looking at the cover. Like, this shit is crazy. Like, who are these guys in these masks? And then, you know, from that, I remember hearing, I'm thinking, I'm, I remember thinking how crazy these guys were because of... 
I know you know because when did you think that the Wu Tang was really crazy? Seeing anything ODB did? No, no. Me personally, or oh, just in well, general? Just in general, okay, that might be you. But uh, saying, oh, oh, the Grammy joint. No, move before that. I'll fucking. I'll oh fucking. yeah, yeah. Stab, put your nuts on the table. It's a bean. It's a bean. It's a bean. I fuck it. Hey yo, that's my fuck. And then it go. It's a method man. Yes. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. Me. So I'm hearing that, and I'm like, yo, these dudes are absolutely crazy. So that's that's the sense you got with the woo that they were just wild out dudes, and I'm sure they were. You know, to some extent, I you know I didn't grow up in New York. I, I wasn't around that. Scene, but I saw an interview that um, Method Man did a couple weeks ago on one of my favorite TV shows, um, and that's what he was talking about being in the in the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And he was like, they were in no, no. He said they were in Jersey, and well, no, no. I take it back. He said they were in the tunnel, and it was like a party, and he had his folks from Staten Island. They all came out. Mm-hmm. And he said Brooklyn dudes was in the was in the in the crowd that night, and everybody was just getting punched. Mm-hmm. Boom! Oh, 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 you from Brooklyn? Boom! He said they was just punching them. And then he said at the end of the night, when they walked outside to leave, the Brooklyn dudes was lighting up the. They was shooting everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I, you know, I didn't grow up around that that kind of craziness. Um, but when I heard torture, mm-hmm. that's when I was like, yo, these dudes are bananas. <laughs> but so it wasn't surprising when. <laughs> When ODB came out oh, with that man. album, and you look on the front, it feed you, it feed you, and and so it wasn't surprising to see ODB on the front cover with uh, uh, a uh, ID card mm-hmm. for welfare. Yeah, but at the same time, the one thing that we understood being, excuse me, being who we are as a people, we knew that it was real. You know what I'm saying? He might not necessarily have been eating the way that Russell Simmons was eating. Mm-hmm. And we understood that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like, and that was an eye-opener for a lot of people. When he took that limo to pick up that, to, to get his food stamps, mm-hmm. he wasn't, he didn't just, you, you don't just, you can't just call the welfare office and say, hey, I'm doing an interview, I need y'all to give me some fake food stamps. No, he was really going to get his food stamps. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I, that was an eye opener for a lot of people. Like, damn, these dudes are on TV. I just bought his CD, but my man, he going to get food. He might not have been necessarily eating. So ODB, you know, he doesn't get enough credit, and I think that was the start. That album cover was was crazy because of what it signified mm-hmm. in society. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and and to take it a step further, that's what hip-hop as a whole, people don't realize that these folks, you know, rappers and producers, you know, producers don't get enough credit. Um, but people in the culture are from the frat projects. Mm-hmm. They're from, you know, um, the east side of Detroit, mm-hmm. up on 8 Mile. You know, where, where Eminem, you know, that's where he grew up. That's where him and D12 grew up. They they come from Brightmore neighborhood in Detroit. They come from um, the Greens in Chicago. They come from Southeast D.C. Mm-hmm. And these people are from these neighborhoods. You know, they grew up. And it, you don't just wake up one day and you're a, you're a platinum-selling artist 
who has a catalog worth two million dollars. Mm-hmm. You don't wake up like that. You know, you you come from Marcy Projects, and you you might have dropped out of high school, dropped out of middle school, and now you're selling drugs. And oh, by the way, I just so happen to know how to rap. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So with ODB doing what he did, it kind of opened up mainstream society because he did it on MTV. Yeah. So remember, because MTV, they weren't really both feet in. Because I think when he did that, did your MTV raps go off? No, nah, it had to be around the same time. I think I think at that point he had did the joint with Mariah. Yeah. So it was a it One was of the kind great of verses, a, bro. great verse, great Jesus verse. Lord. It's a so it was a transition because I because rem- it was going from the Yo MTV raps to TRL that that era. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like the rap effect and the, shit yeah. like that. So I think going in that direction, it opened up Main Street. I, I'll say it opened up white people's eyes to oh my god, these these rappers are. He's going to get food stamps. Ha, ha, ha. And it was like, no, wait a minute. He's going to get food stamps. So the album cover was more. And, and it might just be me because, you know, when it comes to hip hop and culture, you know, that's that's what I went to school to study. So I look at it. How does it affect our, our culture? What is the the overarching uh, effect on society? So with ODB in that cover, man, it was it was crazy. And then. His antics when he did the Grammy joint, <laughs> yo, he dropped a line that will forever be cemented in American culture, and it needs to be put up in the African American History Museum. It might be. I see they got Rick Ross in there. Rick Ross but, just took. A, I need to go there too. Yeah, like, keep me on too. Keep, me too. Can't but keep if tickets. they don't have, and, and not just. And I'm just saying it needs to be in that museum, and it needs to be in the Smithsonian. Um, which, if you get a chance to, I'm, I'm a I'm a history nerd, so if you get a chance to study, because there's a Library of Congress that everybody sees, mm-hmm. but there's another building, there's other buildings that are that where where the research happens, mm-hmm. and they got every piece of literature, music you can think of. So. You know, I think a place like that, the the uh, mu- the Museum of American History, the African American Museum, there needs to be a plaque. There needs to be something etched that says Wu Tang is for the kids, <laughs> because that shit is iconic. I know people, oh. I know people that have kids that had babies and bought onesies. Like they might have specifically had a baby just to have a onesie that said Wu Tang is for the kids. You know what I'm saying? That shit is iconic. Yeah. And ODB did it. Mm-hmm. You know, so my man, he doesn't get enough credit. For yeah, me, man. You know that when he when he did on the uh, college dropout. Mm-hmm. I love that joint. Mm-hmm. I love that that uh he had he was needed for the culture. Yeah, yeah. Because then he made way for people to be what what is always deemed weird. Mm-hmm. It's it made it okay for y'all now Uzi Verts to be different. Y'all mm-hmm. now Young Thugs not so much of the the antics that Young Thugs do. Sidebar, Young Thug can actually rap. When he was with Gucci, he was good. Mm-hmm. When he started doing the other stuff more leaning towards the gimmicks, mm-hmm. then he got messed up. But people like Young Thug and 
Uzi and uh, what's the kid? That's that's whatever his name is. Him. Um, but to be different in hip hop versus being the Stone Cold Killer or yeah. the nigga that sell all the drugs. Yeah. Sometimes it's the nigga that do the drugs. Right. Like right. It's that right. that is what ODB did for us, and he don't get enough credit for it. Mm-hmm. But um, you know another person. While I'm thinking about this, shout out to Mac Wilds because mm-hmm. he is from Staten Island. Um, first album was great mm-hmm. musically. Like talented young guy, um, he uh coming from the Wire, which is filmed out here in Baltimore, as everybody knew, mm-hmm. um, because that's the first thing niggas ask me as soon as I go out of town. Uh, oh, the Wire, oh, the wire, 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 wire. Where you live out of Wire? No, bitch, I grew up in a county. Yeah, I'm down. I'm <laughs> like 20 minutes from the Wire. Hey, yeah, like so, but you know, but shout out to Mac si- Wild. Sidebar, because even though I'm here in Baltimore right now, I split my time between Detroit and Baltimore, mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of sad because when I tell people I'm from Detroit, what's the first thing they say? Eight Mile. Eight Mile. <laughs> eight Mile. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and there's a cultural thing with Eight Mile. Okay. So when I'm in Detroit, you know, when when I first moved back there, folks were like, oh, 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 you coming from Baltimore? Man, the wire was crazy. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, a friend of mine, she's, she started a, a Tumblr page. I don't even know if it's still going, but she's very big in the Baltimore scene. Mm-hmm. Shout out to 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 Sha. Um, she like her Tumblr page. I remember it was called More Than the Wire. Ah, I like and that. She's very like right now. She's a she's a big she's big on Yelp in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Like if there's an event like a big event for Yelp, she's there. Okay, you know what I'm saying. So she she's kind of she's kind of positioned herself as the the ambassador of Baltimore. Okay. And uh, and boss uh, ambassador in Baltimore. I'm gonna say two, but um, and part of that is just to change that narrative that th- that the wire is ha- is what Baltimore is, even though it is socially and culturally, and you know, drugs will never go away. But the fact that folks can say, "Oh, you you from Baltimore? Oh, the wire, man, that show was 15 years ago." Yeah. Literally 15 yeah. years ago. You know, just like Detroit. People, oh, you from Detroit? Eight Mile. Ah, oh, come on, man. There's much more to Detroit than mm-hmm. just Eight Mile, Eminem. Mm-hmm. You know, Royce to 5'9". Trick, trick, trick. You know, Jay Dilla. Mm-hmm. Everybody, you know. Shout out to Dilla Donuts in Detroit, which is a great fucking donut place. You know, oh, that's um, a real place? It's a real place. Never knew that. Yes. Come out there, I'll take you. They got fucking giant-ass donuts. I love it. Really? <laughs> yeah. Never knew that. Yeah. So, you know, it's... It's it's a lot of a lot more, and we gotta. I, I think people are doing a good job of it, of getting their city, getting their their area out there. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that's that. Ah oh, man, but you know, whoa, <laughs> bro, we've been talking for a while, man. But uh, to wrap this up, man, I just want to really thank all the members of the Wu Tang, man. Mm-hmm. Because y'all have gave me something that added to my childhood to make... I, I held on to a lot of the stuff that y'all have done for hip-hop. Um, Rizzo with the movies, Meth with the acting. We need you know, to get to that part. Shout out to Method Man. Because oh, to bring it full circle, Method Man was in The Wire. Yes. Uh, yes man, yes. but shout out to Meth. He got a new show. I think it's on HBO. Yeah, The Deuce. Yeah, I heard yeah. that's really good. Yeah. Um, You know, Rizza, man, thank you for all everything you've done, especially with, like, 
anything you did with Quentin Tarantino, mm-hmm. uh, the man with the iron fist, man, yo, everything, man. I, I'm really appreciative of everything y'all have done yeah. in and out of the, our culture, and no matter what, y'all have always pushed it forward. We can we can sit here all night, you know. I know you got you know we you got adult things to do. We like go to work, you know. But and and you're right, you know. When you look at what they did, um, what RZA has done, making the movies. Because I remember there was a time when he was talking about making the movies, mm-hmm. and folks was like, "Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, nigga, uh-huh, whatever." And then he actually did it, uh-huh. and it was like, "Oh," and they were good yeah. movies, and they were good movies, good movies in the theater. Yes, and you know, with Method Man, with his acting, and he's a legitimate actor. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I remember when How High came out, him and Red Man was um, it was a gimmick, but Method Man. Aside, you know he's done multiple shows. Yeah, Law and Order. Law and Order. Um, uh, uh, what's the joint? The VH1 joint. Um, well, he was the dad. He was Mac Wilds' dad. Uh, oh, 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 that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The breaks. Um, you know what I'm saying? And, and you know, even with Capadonna, you got you yeah, know. Yeah, shout out to Cap. And, uh-huh. and 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 I want to get this in. I, I know we've been going for a while, but. It's not just the it's not just the the arts mm-hmm. that the Wu Tang has affected. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people know this, but the Jizza really is a genius. Yes, he's legitimately a brainiac mm-hmm. because he has uh, get on YouTube, look it up. He's got a TED talk mm-hmm. where and he's studied physics. Mm-hmm. He's given lectures on physics. You're talking about somebody from quote-unquote, the hood, a rapper who is a legitimate um, source of intellect. I mean, to give a TED Talk, mm-hmm. and he's... What, what exactly is a TED Talk? Um, a TED Talk is kind of like a, a lecture okay. on a variety of subjects. Okay. Um, and it's... it's Yeah, that, that's basically what it is, is a, is a lecture. Um, but he's done it. You know what I'm saying? We we're talking about the guy who had an album with chess pieces on it, mm-hmm. which made a lot of folks say, "Well, what is chess?" Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, Liquid Swords and mm-hmm. um, that intro was crazy. To now, he's he's he has learned and he has taught physics. You know what I'm saying? That that trend, the Wu has transcended so much. And it and you talking about guys from Staten Island, mm-hmm. which met the man made a point because the the interview I saw. I'm trying to get this up real, real, real quick. They said, "Well, how did you you know hear about hip hop?" And met the man said it was different for them because cats in Brooklyn, they could they could touch the artists. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You you could you would see Biggie out on the block. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If you in the Bronx and, or you in Queens, you know these cats would see Nas. They would see Mob Deep. Um, you know, wherever you at, you can see the artists, but Staten Island being where it was, they had to travel, mm-hmm. you know, so he said it, it was a little, it was a little more difficult for them to get to where they were at, but they were still able to get there. Mm-hmm. And you talking about guys from an island away from the main parts of New York, the main parts of the epicenter of the culture, and they have taken the culture way beyond New York. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? To the point where RZA 
got a big budget to make a movie mm-hmm. with an Academy Award winning actor. You know, he's got Russell Crowe in his movies. Mm-hmm. Him and Russell Crowe was cool. You know, to the point where Method Man is on a critically acclaimed, if not one of the best TV shows ever. Mm-hmm. He's on The Wire. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that, and now he's on The Deuce. To the point where, you know, um, Raekwon is is getting sneakers. Sneak, you know. He had he had the purple tape joints. Uh, wait. Before, okay, we got a couple things I got to touch on. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, Wu Block. Mm-hmm. We talked about it on my very first episode, but I like the Wu Block albums. Uh, a lot of people really didn't. I like the Wu Block albums, which is Ghostface and Sheik, and then everybody within the two camps uh, appeared on it. Um, all I need. Oh, Damn. All I need. Ooh, that was a game changer because, all right, when it comes to uh, love songs in, in rap, of course, the, the first one was I Need Love by mm-hmm. LL Cool J, who is, should be considered one of the greatest of all time, mm-hmm. you know, because he's very, 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 um, or he's a cornerstone to the, to the, because without him, there's no Def Jam. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, when oh, all, still be on priority. Yeah, for real. So when All I Need came out, um, not only, I think it, it wasn't just, because the, the album cut is different than the remix. Which is Puffy. Which is Puffy. Mm-hmm. But that remix I think people latched on to the remix more than they did the original cut. Yeah. And it wasn't just the cut. It was the video. Yeah, it was grimy. That video was grimy. So grimy. Half hair braided. With the one contact. contact, You know what I'm saying? The grill. Yeah, running from the cops. Yeah. And, and, you know, then on top of that, even though it was a... Now now she talks about it as being a dark period in her career and her life. Mm-hmm. You had Mary J. Blige. Mm-hmm. And it was that dark feel because, you know, she had that bucket hat pulled down and then you had Meth Man. It was it was just a just a just a shady video. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that song from what from the lyrics, Shorty, I'm there for you any time you need me, mm-hmm. it was it was a game changer. Game changer. You know what I'm saying? So, there isn't... You know, we've been going at it for an hour. Man, we can talk about the woo. Two, three, four, five hours. You know what I'm saying? Um, But, yeah, they they have transcended um, many things in hip-hop. And they still do. Still do. You know, like I say, from Method Man, acting... RZA making movies to the Jizza giving TED Talks, like, who else is doing it? You know what <laughs> I'm saying? And that's where, you know, and I'm glad hip-hop is growing up. Um, Because that's that's what, life doesn't end. You know what I'm saying? We, the days don't stop. And I think that's where a lot of people get caught up, is they don't, um, they don't grow with the times. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, Jay-Z grew with the time. He continues to grow with the times. And he's not Jay-Z in 2017 is not Jay-Z in 2004. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I'm glad 444 dropped. Mm-hmm. Because this is this is grown man. This is 45, 46, 47 year old Jay-Z. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and so he's transcended, mm-hmm. just like Wu Tang. Yeah, I remember Ghostface had uh, an interview. He was like, "I can't talk about the same stuff that I talked about back then. I'm not selling drugs anymore." Right, and that and. It's understandable, man. Yeah, yeah. I, that's man. I try and tell you, and you know, I, I think, I thank my sister for putting me in a place to listen to artists like that because I wouldn't be able to do a podcast without having the knowledge or mm-hmm. some of the knowledge. Just I've learned a great deal through this mm-hmm. particular episode that I wouldn't be able to do it without them, mm-hmm. and I think that's has to be celebrated a lot more. Yeah. In this culture, this yeah. culture that they speak so highly of that we have to do it for, but they're not appreciating it, dude. You know, so all right, we gonna. I, I, I'm not gonna <laughs> keep going, but that phrase "do it for the culture," you, they, they're so. Oh man, that is such a problematic term mm-hmm. because. Ah man, I don't even want to get started because that's gonna that's gonna open up a door, man. You'll be here till three, four in the morning, <laughs> but. Put put a bookmark in the the phrase "do it for the culture," mm-hmm. you know, because people say it, and I know you personally, mm-hmm. you understand it. But I think a lot of people say it as a catchy, as a catchphrase. They don't really understand it. Okay, you yeah. So we'll we'll put that bookmark on for season three. Yes, yes. For season yes, three for the culture, man, man. I yeah. just I, I thank you so much for doing this, dog. I I really appreciate it. It was very knowledgeable. I really, especially these movies that I'm looking at. That's <laughs> that's crazy. I gotta put this on snap. Uh, I put it on snap now. They won't know it. They won't. They like, what? What? Drop a VCR. But, what? Yeah. So, no. man. I I leave y'all with. I did this because the five boroughs of hip-hop, that's how I like to call it, the five boroughs of hip-hop, five boroughs in New York, is is a cornerstone of hip-hop. Mm-hmm. And my favorite rappers, not saying that all my favorite rappers came from one of these boroughs, but a great deal came from these boroughs. Mm-hmm. So, Staten Island, man, thank y'all. Yeah. Staten yeah. Island as a barrel as a whole, man. Thank yeah. y'all so much. Um, I'm going to continue on. It's only going to get better. This right here was special, but what I got coming, just thank y'all. The video's out now. The trailer's out now. When you hear this, you'll understand everything. Baltimore County Forever. Yep, yep. Oh, man. Yeah, dude, this is...